Hi, my name is Ro. My name is Yumi. And this is Pinkor Anime. Um, so today we'll be talking about our top three saddest deaths in Demon Slayer. So we all, we both chose our top three. Um, however, we don't know who chose what. So it'll be fun to kind of figure out and just kind of see each other's opinions about it. Yeah. Even though we've already kind of talked about it before. Yeah. Yeah. We kind of probably already know each other's this. Yeah, we've talked about it so much before and like cried about it so much that it's kind of hard not to know each other's list already. Especially for you. Yeah, oh yeah. You probably know my top one anyways. Yeah, it starts with an R, I guess. Maybe. 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 (laughs) So, what's your top three? Okay, so my third saddest one in my opinion was actually um, Genya. Oh. But the reason for that, I feel like, is more to do with, like, other people's reaction to it. So, like, Tsunami's reaction to it. I feel like Genya's probably had, like, a really good character development anyway throughout the story. He kind of went off as, like, someone who was quite standoffish and didn't really interact with others in a good way. Um, He didn't really have the nicest introduction. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, but I guess it was kind of nice seeing how he just kind of wanted to get closer to... um. Sanemi, his brother. So I feel like when it kind of came to his death scene, the way Sanemi reacted to it was really heartbreaking. And then what Genya was also saying to him was just really sad. Like, obviously their backstory was just sad in general anyways. Like, technically Genya thought that Sanemi killed their mother when their mother technically was a demon. So yeah. that's why Sanemi had to kill her. Um, but then obviously afterwards when Genya does realise that, he wants to try to get close to Sanemi, but Sanemi doesn't because he wants to protect Genya in his own weird way and they just yeah. have communication issues. <laughs> but yeah, like, as in when he was dying, obviously Sanemi was heartbroken. Like, he kept saying, oh, you know, you weren't supposed to die. You're not supposed to die before me. Like, whereas Genya was like, I wanted to protect you the way you protect me. And then he was like, don't die. It just kind of, it was just really emotional. I feel like even before when I reread the chapter, I was like, oh, wow, that's really like, it's like a short kind of death scene in my opinion as well, but like it really like hit, if that makes sense. It kind of ended up going into my third saddest one. Uh, also, I think he was like cut in half when he died. Like, yeah, because kind of yeah, like he ingested the demon in it. Like he, yeah. he like ate a piece of the demon or something and like gained his ability. And then obviously when he was dying, he was like disintegrating like a demon, which made it even worse. Like technically Tsunami doesn't even have a body of Genya now like he's just like there's nothing of him so that just made it even more sad his character was kind of like I think he was kind of like mysterious Mm. at first because we didn't know a lot about him like we learned about um him having a brother and stuff and and then we kind of got his backstory but his power I guess was kind of I didn't really get it at first and then I was like what the hell yeah even. Yeah, it was really like weird. Like I wasn't expecting that to kind of be um one of his powers and stuff, but it really I feel like it really added to the story because you wouldn't think that someone who's trying to become like a demon slayer, like a demon hunter, would have that kind of power. Yeah. So it just made it more interesting. It he was like a nice side character in my opinion, who did have quite an impact on the story and it's like in his own way. So yeah, that's how you I get to like- the third spot. <laughs> I feel like that's the case for most side characters in yeah. Demon Slayer. Like, they're all really well 
not that they're well developed, but like we we know them and we like yeah. if someone dies, we're always going to be sad because of how it's written and stuff. Definitely. So, yeah. My top three was um also like kind of a sibling stuff. It's a uh, Gutaro and Daki. So like you remember the mm. the two the brother and the sister were demons. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god, yes. Uh, they were upper moons, I think. I don't. I'm not I even think, sure. I think they were as well. Yeah. Well, I I don't know. I it just their death was so sad to me because we got all their backstory as well. Like they were very poor, and then um, I don't know. Like it was just really fucked up. Like Daki was burnt alive, and then <laughs> Gutaro tried to save her, and that's they both became demons. Scene where they died was very sad because they just argued a lot during that scene, and then Tanjiro is like, you know, you don't actually mean what you're saying and stuff. And there was kind of this parallel between like Nesco and Tanjiro, and then. Daki and Kyutaro, and then it was just actually when I did my research for this, <laughs> I I found like the quote that really made me cry a lot, and that was um, no matter how many times I'm born again, I'll always be your your little sister. Oh and that my was god, so, yeah, yeah, it was so it was so sad, like. Most of the time, all the siblings' relationship in Demon Slayer are always kind of tragic. Yeah, they really are. <laughs> I just remembered they really are. I think their uh-huh. one was quite, their one was quite interesting in a way, because like you said before, it does. You kind of get that parallel between them and like how Nesco and Tanjiro are. Like as in, it kind of makes you think that that could have also happened to them in yeah. a way, but obviously they didn't become like that. But I don't, their relationship is really like interesting. Also, I like the fact that at first we kind of see more of the sister and like we kind of understand a bit more about her and then the brother kind of comes into the story and it just kind of like, I don't know, it just makes it all a bit sadder at the end when they both die. It does. It's, it just really loves her so deeply because he raised her. Like they were really poor and I, I I think um their mother tried to kill Yutaro several times. Yeah. Like their life just sucked. Yeah, their their story was quite tragic in their own way as well. Uh, yeah. I, I really appreciate that we get that sort of tragic backstory for all the demons. Yeah. I really like the fact that they like that we also kind of got to see quite a lot of their backstory or like a lot of their story because the chapters that they were introduced in are like even their fighting scenes and stuff those chapters are pretty long if I remember yeah. correctly so like I feel like it kind of gave us um a way to understand them more yeah and kind of see how they also interact with each other which in the end obviously played a part in kind of getting us invested in their story and kind of like getting like getting us emotional about their death and like just how their sibling relationship is so yeah should we move on to our top two? Yeah, you go first. Okay, okay. So my second one is actually Rui. Oh, <laughs> yeah. That's my top one, actually. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you know, I was thinking, I was like, if she 
You'll probably have that as her top one because when we spoke yeah. about it, I remember you saying that you found that pretty sad. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Oh, I won't go into too much about it then since you're going to have it as like your top one. So like, <laughs> okay. we know that we'll go off on our top ones. <laughs> but I think his death was quite sad in a way that it's like, he was kind of obsessed with this whole idea of having a family, like a sense of belonging and like how in his backstory, like in his flashbacks, you'd say that his family didn't love him, his parents didn't love him. When obviously we know afterwards, we know that it's not true. And he also realizes that it's not true. But just like the fact that he created like a whole kind of demon family to kind of replace that emptiness that he felt because he killed his mother and father was just so sad. Like he's like he's just a child so that even like hurts even more. Like he just wanted a place to belong in someone that would love him and like, you know, there was this panel where he said that he saw um a child drowning, was it drowning? And basically his parent, like his father or something, um, went to save them. So like for him, his idea was that your parents should kind of die for you if they love you. Like as in they they should be willing to put their life on the line. And obviously in his case, his parents tried to kill him um because he became a demon essentially. Yeah. And it's like and he kind of didn't realise that they were gonna kill themselves afterwards as well. Like as in I don't know, like he just has this idea of a family that is in a way messed up but also we can like understand why he wants that like he's just a child he just wanted somewhere to belong so yeah I don't know his death was made me so sad because he could see how Tanjiro was just trying to protect Nesco and he was just like I think he was kind of shocked but also like intrigued as to why he like Tanjiro would go like to all these lengths for Nesco when she's a demon as well and he's a human I think that kind of just kind of reminded him of his relationship with his human parents who in his opinion at that moment didn't love him and wanted to kill him and hurt him when obviously we know that that's not the truth so yeah i just i don't know like you said it's just really human he had a very like human way of seeing stuff i don't know how to explain it but the way he just craved love and the way he because he was so isolated since he was yeah. very sick like he was so sick that he couldn't even go out and play with people yeah. and stuff. So like, yeah, I don't know. He, his story just makes me really sad. Yeah, like in a way he kept his, I want to say he kept his humanity even though he couldn't really remember it and it kind of became a bit messed up. But like the fact of that he wanted a family, that he wanted a sense of belonging and stuff like that just kind of adds to that, that he just kind of wanted someone to be there for him like I think he even says that obviously this demon family that he made he was essentially the most powerful one out of them so they obviously wouldn't step out of line because they feared him so like technically he didn't have someone protecting him in the way that he wanted to which yeah just made it even more sad because he's you do like you kind of I feel like you kind of get reminded throughout like the chapters that show him that he is essentially just a child like he became a demon but he was a child and he still is a child so yeah it's just his death kind of made me really sad in that kind of aspect yeah and i think it's especially demon dying is all, always really sad because it's kind of like the moment where they get back their memories because yeah. because of reason, he like Turning them into demons makes them forget that they were once human. 
and they only have like a, a bit of like memory from their human life. Yeah. So I think that's why actually all my top three, like all the three that I I chose were demons actually. Like my I feel top like two. I know your other one as well now. <laughs> like I'm okay. sure of it now. Who is it? Is it Akaza? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Akaza is like the martial arts demon. Maybe that's why I I really liked his character. But um, actually his his main goal was to become stronger, and he didn't even know why. And the reason why was because he wanted to protect the people he cared about. So like um, his father who then killed himself, and then um, he's like master who then died and then his fiance who died also oh God, yeah. so yeah he i don't know he, his death was really sad because the moment he died he got all of his memories back and then he saw his fiance and also about her um apparently her her name means no i think or like a part of her name means no and when he um, like his demon art techniques are always in the shape of a snowflake. Oh so, my god, yeah. So you know, oh, oh my god, that just that just makes it even more sad. Like I didn't, I did not make that connection at all. Like I must have missed it, but oh my god, <laughs> I didn't get make that connection either. I just read about it, but like it made it <laughs> even sadder because like oh. he didn't even remember her, but like his demon art did like somewhere did yeah. I think he remembered it so oh uh, my gosh and also he he died while apologizing to her like he was like sorry I didn't protect you but really it wasn't his fault at all that she died so yeah and he, he like Kutaro and Daki who he was also really poor and he had to steal and stuff to well to take care of his dad so yeah, it makes me feel like um, Muzan always preys upon like people who are really vulnerable, like people mm-hmm. who are poor, isolated. So I don't know. It makes definitely. it it makes it even worse. Yeah, that's definitely true. Because I think most of the ones who became demons, obviously with the exception of Nesco, they were yeah. all pretty vulnerable, like in a state where they kind of needed the help and would take anyone's help that came along essentially like Rui obviously we saw that he was sick so obviously when he became a demon his body got stronger and then yeah I don't know it's just really sad when you think about Akaza's backstory how much how much he suffered even before he became a demon and then all of that probably got flooded back when he was dying and it's just yeah um shall we or uh, maybe I should talk about like very now and then you can yeah. say you on like the grand finale <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think that would work better because we spoke about Rui as well before right so what i want to add about Rui is that um i think it hit even more because like i just feel it like i completely understand how he craved love and stuff and how he kind of resented his parents but really they loved him and stuff like I really relate to that so mm-hmm. maybe that's why that was even sadder to me but also like 
the scene where he dies, there's like, um, sometimes they do the, the, the author does the thing where people from the, from their human life come and speak to them and they yeah. did it for Ri, Ryu, Ri, whatever. And, uh, <laughs> like there was this line where he apologized to his parents and, uh, where it was like, but I can't go with you to, to heaven. Like I'm going to hell because I hurt so many people. And then his parents were like, we're going to be together even if it's in hell. And then there's like the panel where they're holding each other while being surrounded by fire. And that was so intense. Yeah. Oh, that was, that was a lot. I literally remember like crying reading that bit. It was just so much like as in it really like, I think, it just kind of, it, it was a nice way, I guess, to kind of end his death, you know, that his parents yeah. were there for him and like they did love him and they used to love him. The fact that they were willing to go to hell with him for the stuff that he did. But it was just so heartbreakingly sad. Yeah. But I like the fact that um for all the demons, they kind of had a death where they were at peace, you know? Yeah. It was a really compassionate thing of like, the author was really kind, I think, to give them such nice endings every single time. Definitely. I think added to that as well, though, there's like a bit after Rory dies where his body goes to where Tanjiro and Nesco are lying. Yeah. And when his body disintegrates, um, Gyu puts his foot on his um, clothing, like the clothing that remain. Yeah. And I really like the fact that Tanjiro kind of told him off for that. It's just, you know, I don't know. It's just kind of that last bit that we needed, you know, that he's not, he did bad things. However, he's not, I want to say he's not a bad person. Yeah. Because of what he was made to do. At the end of the day, that's all he knew. And Mizan obviously encouraged him after he killed his family. You know, he kind of, preyed on him and like told him that it wasn't his fault you know that he should get stronger and stuff like that so I don't know I just really like that little bit that they included where Tanjiro kind of said no he he might have made some mistakes however he regrets his actions you can tell because obviously Tanjiro can smell it smell his sadness or something I can't remember exactly now but yeah I don't know it was just a really nice bit to add in I think after those panels yeah I it reminds me of like you, you remember the the demon with the the drums. Uh, he was like uh, in the big house where there yes, was yes, yes. a sort of labyrinth. I think he he wanted to be a writer and stuff. And so when he died, like all the those pieces of papers were like flying everywhere. And during their fight, Tanjiro tried to avoid all the pieces of paper because he saw that there was there was stuff written on them. Yeah. Oh, it was just such a nice detail that I don't think we would find in any other like shonen. Definitely. I think Tanjiro's compassion as well towards the demon kind of helped us readers be more compassionate towards them as well. Yeah. Because obviously we are seeing this from Tanjiro's perspective in a way. So I think that also kind of helps us understand their stories more and kind of feel that sadness for them. I think it also comes from the the fact that Nesco is there and that she's a demon, so yeah. Tanjiro is obviously 
because he loves his sister so much. He's going to see a bit of his sister in every single demon he's going Definitely. to. Definitely. So, yeah. Oh, okay. So, my top one. Yeah. <laughs> um, not surprising at all is, um, Rengoku. Wow. Uh, <laughs> That's insane. I didn't even think that you would pick him. You weren't expecting that at all, were you? Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, you he's... never talk about him. Like, <laughs> You definitely don't have a quote from him in on your blog. Never. I have never mentioned him at all after I read his chapter. Never, ever. <laughs> oh, oh, his death messed me up so badly. <laughs> Mainly because I think I was talking about it with you while I was reading, and I must have mentioned how much I like how much I liked Rengoku because like it got to the point where it was the train arc. And how I was yeah. like, I really love the way he interacted with um Tanjiro and like others and like you know how like they were so excited to see him and how he was like, oh yeah, I'm gonna make you all um like my students, like I'm gonna teach you everything I know. And it was just really like an endearing moment. And then not even like a few chapters later, he died. <laughs> and I wasn't expecting that at all. And like the way it was done was so so sad. Like he was just. Essentially, he died protecting the others, which is, I think, the best way for him to go. Like, I wouldn't imagine him going out any other way. But, oh, that was sad. The way he kept fighting with Akaza, and Akaza acknowledging how strong Rengoku was, was also really nice. Because I think we all kind of see the other Hashiras and stuff say that Rengoku is strong, and, like, we kind of see it from the other demon hunters. However... To also have like a demon, an upper moon demon, like number three, because the husband was yeah. number three, wasn't he? Uh, I don't even remember. Maybe it was number two, even. Yeah, he was like one of the top ones, though. So like acknowledging how strong Rengoku was was insane, and like how he was, he technically risked his life and put his life on the line to also try and kill Akaza. Like I remember when Akaza kind of no, when he stabbed Akaza, Akaza also kind of stabbed him with his hand. Like with his arm, yeah. and like Rengoku was just not letting go, even though he knew that at that point he would die. But he was like, I can't let Akaza get away. Like, as in the sun was rising as well, and like he just he knew that he had like Tanjiro and like Inosuke and like everyone else behind him, and like he still wouldn't want to let go, even though he knew he was gonna die. And then the fact that Akaza kind of had to, I think, cut off his own arms or like he did something to his arm because like his arms ended up regenerating. Yeah. And like, Rengoku was just there and like, how he knew he was dying, yet he still comforted Tanjiro and the others. Like, he said, let's have like, our last chat. And like, how his last chat was essentially him saying that he accepts Nesco and like, how he believes in all of them. And it was just, it was just so heartbreakingly sad because he's such a big brother. Like, he's such an older brother. Even in his yeah. dying moments, he still had comforting words to say. Like, I don't know, he's just, I know his character is supposed to be known for being passionate, but like, I think that that entire chapter, like that entire arc just truly showed how important of a character Rengoku was for like, like just in general for the storyline, but also just for everyone. Definitely. And I, I love that we, we still talk about him in, in other chapters after his death. Because mm-hmm. like, um, Tanjiro goes to see his family and stuff. Yeah. And then there's also other interactions with his little brother. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And didn't 
when he died, wasn't there like a scene where he was talking with his mother? Yeah, and then his mother came and like he was like, Mother, did I do everything right? And it was just so sad because like there was nothing else he could have done, like Yeah. And just seeing that and then there was like a panel of like I think his mother must have said like yes or something like that. But then after that there was like a panel of like him smiling and even though like his face was covered in blood, like he was just smiling and it was just uh <laughs> it was just so sad. It makes me it makes me when I cry whenever I think about it. Me too, to be honest. <laughs> like, I, when I told you I was, like, sobbing, like, I was sobbing, like, as in, I had tissues next to me, like, my eyes were, like, crying non-stop, like, my nose was also about to run, I think, like, I, it, I was a mess, like, I had to take a, like, a good 30-minute break after I read that chapter, because it was so intense. But, yeah, I think, I think a lot of people also find his death um, to be one of the saddest ones. But I think it was also needed just to kind of get the storyline going and just kind of like also give Tanjiro and everyone else that character development they needed. Yeah. And also because he's the, I think he, he's the first Hashira to, to die also. Yeah. So yeah. it kind of, like the stakes are even higher because you realize that the demons are so powerful and you're like, how are they going to like defeat them then? Yeah. It was insane. I can't wait to watch the movie. Actually, oh it's going. <laughs> I don't even know when it's going to be available. I think but it's coming it... out, um, like in the United States and like I think everywhere else eventually, like around January. Oh, but like people are already kind of uploaded a few scenes or like you know talked about the film the ones that I've obviously seen it in Japan and everyone said that it was done amazingly and it was so sad so I'm very excited to watch it <laughs> to be honest I think the like the anime is better than the manga in that way because like the animation is so good like it's so incredibly good that like paired with the story and the writing and then the, the animation is just like it's so good definitely i think the animation style is probably one of the best it it's just it's like different from other animes that i've watched but in like a really good way yeah i love the way they animate techniques so like obviously at the beginning there's quite a few action scenes but obviously as the story progresses especially in the manga we get even more action scenes i'm really excited to see how they all animate that and show that i'm very excited for season two whenever that ends up coming out <laughs> yeah i still think it's kind of weird that we got the like the sequel is as a movie because mm. most of the time it's just a regular show so i don't know it's kind of well, strange i'm glad they did that though because then we kind of get more focus on it there's no kind of rushing no no yeah. other episodes because it's a movie so like there's no episodes that are rushed like nothing is rushed and we get the whole full experience i get to see when goku die like in hd <laughs> essentially <laughs> they said here <laughs> but yeah i think yeah i think that's probably better in a way just because it's quite an important arc as well in my opinion it just kind of sets the whole story and kind of like ends up speeding up the storyline yeah. as well, if that makes sense. Yeah, maybe that's why they made it the movie then. Yeah, because there's nothing that you can really skip. 
will take out from that arc. I'm excited to see it. I'm excited to see how they've animated the death as well, because I haven't <laughs> seen anything about that. I don't know if there's anything <laughs> online for it, but I tried to avoid it. I was like, nope, yeah. I'm not seeing it. Nope, not looking at it. <laughs> I only watched like one trailer, and then there was this. Like, the trailer looks so good, but mm-hmm. there weren't spoilers and stuff. And I already read the thing, so... Yeah, we say, like, we don't want to see it as if we don't know what happens in it. <laughs> like, yeah, no spoilers, even though we know exactly what happens. <laughs> so this sums up our three favourite Demon Slayer deaths. <laughs> favourite. <laughs> <laughs> Saddest, would I say favourite? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Okay, okay, wait, let me do it again. I don't know why I keep saying favourite. <laughs> <laughs> As if I wanted them to die. Okay, so these sums up our saddest Demon Slayer death. So catch us next episode where we're going to talk about sports anime and we'll be recommending our favourites. Bye. Bye.